Hey yo, you are tuning in to another episode for season number two of the Make Mondays Interesting podcast. I'm your host, Denzel Gaga. This is a God-given talent production. And as always, we are brought to you by Pamelia Accountants, financial solutions for you and your family. Now on today's episode, I have a special guest and I'm looking right at him in the eyes. Come on. He's my old high school teacher and um, <laughs> he's, he's, look at his excitement. This is the most excited guest I've had on the show. <laughs> it is Josiah Hine. Josiah, how you going? Good, man. Good. I'm good. Are you excited? Yeah, bro. Yeah. Let's go. I think something I've always loved about you is how much energy and excitement that you exude in mm. yourself. So I'm grateful to have you on the show and um, a little... Yeah, backstory of kind of how we know each other. Yes, of course, through high school. Yeah. Um, but I think we've maintained, you know, kind of a friendship after high school. We just mm-hmm. still um, see each other here and there and run yeah. into each other. Come on. <laughs> um, and something that I've always admired in you is, well, I always, um, I'm thankful to you because around about the same time I started finding YouTube vlogs started watching them, started getting really interested in them. I was like, oh, I want to be doing this one day. And then you started doing them. Wow. And I was like, okay, someone in my world, my close circle, like this, my sphere of people that I know closely is doing it. Maybe I got to start doing Come it. Come on now. So you inspired me to do the vlogging and really the vlogging has gotten me to doing the podcasting hmm. and now it's come full circle because you are now a guest on the wow, podcast. Wow, that's so good. So, yeah. <laughs> I um, love that. Though. That's so beautiful. So another thing that I've always um, enjoyed hearing from you is your travel stories. So today I really wanted to ask you about travel and my first question for you is hmm. how did this all begin? How did this tra- when when was the young Josiah saying, "Hey, I want to go travel the world"? The bug, the travel bug question. <laughs> <laughs> We've all got it, hey. Yeah, um, man. Um, came from sort of a poor is a harsh word, but mm. a family that that had limited resources, but the priority was always travel. Yeah. So we never owned a nice car. Hmm. We'd drive to Florida. You know what I mean? Ah, okay. We never really like had nice things per se. Yeah. But we, you know, would just just get in the car and drive. Hmm. You know, that's all we could do young. And then when I was 10, um, mom took, I have a twin sister, Jenica. Yeah. So... Mum took Jenica and I to England and Wales and Scotland. Ten years old, sitting on that plane, man, Shania Twain, you know, on those old Air Canada. (laughs) And I was just crying. Like, in my memory, it was almost like, it it felt like almost the whole journey home Mm. was just sad to be leaving Europe. Yeah, wow. Because I just wanted to continue, right? Mm. And I just remember listening to that song, um, you know, so glad we made it. Look how far we've come, my baby. Love you it. Know? <laughs> and it's like, wow, I came this far. I went to England and yeah. 
I made it, and now I'm just going back to snowy, not dreary. Canada's beautiful, but it's it just it's hard to appreciate it when you're a kid yeah. where you live compared to a place like Europe, right? Yeah. And I just, oh man, yeah, that's probably early on. I just I needed to travel, man. Like, yeah, once you start like that young, hey, seeing a castle in Wales and, you know, Isle of Skye, like all the, just this wild experience, you know, probably people from the UK are like, oh, whatever the UK, like, (laughs) but it's like, man, the UK for a Canadian is like, it's like, it's like a world of Disneyland. Do you know what I mean? And it's like. The whole country is Disneyland. The whole mm. country is like just crazy looking and different and these cool double-decker buses. And yeah. you just, as a young kid, you just, man, I just want to see more of it, eh? That's <laughs> so good. So obviously you did that trip with your family. When was your first solo trip? Because like, so... Hang on, so you did the England trip? Yeah. Was there any other big family trips before you started going solo? Um, or was that was the big main one that we caught the bug and there was no other ones after no, that? No, really? there, 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 there was a, probably a big moment was this. Uh, mom and dad didn't care about school either, right? So it was like during exams and it was like, oh, there's this crazy deal, 600 bucks each or something dumb. Maybe it was 600 for the children or something. Mm. It was a flights to Palma, Mallorca, Spain, and then a seven-day cruise around the Mediterranean Wow! for like 600 Canadian or wow. something like that, something dumb. So mom just booked us all, and that's where I met uh, Michael. We just played ping pong. You know, we're like 13, mm. you know, roughly from memory, and, and we became friends, and Michael – kind of had this rich uncle Andrew in Ireland. Yeah. And, um, and, and all of a sudden uncle Andrew was like, man, Michael, you got to keep in touch with Josiah, you know, like, so I started flying to Ireland every year after that alone. Oh, wow. Like, so from 14, like I had a, you know, I, I would pay my own way too. Mm. Like I, I had a job and I would just, bankroll yeah. golf trips to Ireland from the age of 14. Yeah, wow. And um, just on my own, man. Wow. And then obviously the big move was when I was 18, just after my 18th birthday. Jenica, my twin sister, and I moved to Australia, other side of the world. Yeah. So, yeah, like, those were the... But yeah, 14, alone, international. Wow. My, my parents had me on a long leash. <laughs> 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 it was it was long baby it was a long leash yeah yeah well, that's cool and so you said you had a job to be able to pay your own way yeah was the motivation of getting a job simply to travel or did you just get a job and then oh actually i can travel yeah i think i had like a weird poverty mindset for yeah. s- like i could think because you know like the, our family didn't have a lot of cash right mm. So like when you grow up in that kind of environment, well, other, the other kids are just, they don't care. They just spend their money. Mm. But like from a young age, I would just save money. 
Yeah, it's like cool. mum would give two dollars to each of us to go get lollies from the gas station, and I would put it in my piggy bank, and then I'd go with the kids and try to oh, could I have a lolly? You know, <laughs> that's smart. <laughs> yeah, like, but so I just had, I just had uh, every bit, every dollar that I earned, mm. and I had like a business when I was ten. Mowing lawns, shoveling snow. Wow. Like, I, I got a job at a golf course when I was 12, mm. caddying. Got caddy of the year the following year when I was 13 and got a promotion to the back shop. And then I lied about my age because I, I was going to the movies spending like $7 a ticket on, you know. And for me, that, that may as well have been a million. Like, yeah. $7. Like, you know, I was like, so I, oh, if I get a job at the movies... I'll, I'll get free movie tickets. Yeah. So that's the reason why I got a job at the movies because I'm yeah. like, every Friday night, all the cool kids are going to the movies. Mm. So I lied, told him I was 14, told him I was born in 1986, not 1987, and got a job, you know, a <laughs> second job. And because I was a good salesman, good with customers, I was getting like $110, $120 bonuses every month Wow, for just being the best popcorn salesman. Yeah. And then, so that was night because the movies don't open in the day in Canada. Mm. They're like, oh, you know, the first showing is like 6 p.m. kind of thing from memory, maybe five. Mm. But um, it wasn't like here. And then, so I'd caddy during the day and then nightfall I'd work at the, at the movies. And so I just, man, and then I was saving every penny. Yeah. So I had cash. And I couldn't understand why people were buying these cars and... Mm. Like when we got 16, my buddy goes out and buys a $20,000 car. I'm going, man, you could travel for like yeah. a year on that. You know, if you went to Thailand or something. Mm. Like it just didn't make sense to me. These guys are just, it, it's all priorities, right? Mm. And you can, I mean, I was pretty extreme. I, I, I understand that. But yeah, so I just had money. Mm. So I just had you know, it was like, oh, I could fly to Ireland and I had no expenses when I get there. Uncle Andrew was bankrolling the hotels, the rounds of golf, the food, the dr drinks, everything, right? So it was like, just get to Ireland and literally it's a free trip. Wow. So it was just, it was doable. Wow. Yeah. Um, what would you say to someone who hasn't traveled yet? What would you say to that person? Well, geez, that's a tough one. Because I guess a lot of people use the excuse of, oh, I don't have money, so I'm never right. going to travel. Is this a person that wants to travel or? Or um, just someone who just hasn't traveled in general yet. Yeah. doesn't matter what age, because there's a lot of people in different age categories where they haven't traveled and they haven't explored the world. Yeah. Like one of I just said earlier, that one of the excuses they use is, oh, I don't have money to do it. And yeah. So, yeah. I guess it's it's hard because if you don't value travel, how can you start valuing it unless you do it? Mm. I find travel was always quite enriching. Like I was on that trip when I was 10 as well. Mm. Like my teacher was like, hey, for your assignment this term, do a travel journal with photos in it and, you know, show me your trip, mm. submit it. So I created this cool document and, yeah, it's cool. and you know, told her, experiences each day with postcards pasted in and I took time every night to 
do this. Mm. And man, I learned like she, like I came back and she's like, you hands down learned way more than anyone that was here. Wow. You know, and I just kind of had this, I don't know if that was cause it was like, you know, she loved travel too or whatever it was, mm. but it was those kind of things that really like, and my parents really instilled that too. Like I almost died when I was 14 from salmonella food poisoning. And I was like, in this, I was, un, I was unconscious for, for 30 hours. What the like, heck? <laughs> I almost died. And my mom, when I woke up after 30 hours, my mom's like, Josiah, if you get a little bit better, I'll take you to Venice. And the doctors are literally saying, pre- pre- prepare to die. Like, your son's not going to make it out of this. Like, they, what? at that point, they thought that was it. So, and then mom comes back to me a couple hours later going, how are you feeling, Josiah? I'm like, significantly better. Like, can we book that Venice in, you know? So I didn't know, like, why is my whole family crying at the airport? And like, I'm in a wheelchair. I couldn't move. Like, so I like, they, they wheeled me on the plane and, and, um, you know, like I had no energy, man. And, and I'm on a bloody, I'm on a plane to Venice. Right. And. You know, I get, and everyone's saying goodbye, and I didn't know, and then I actually got better in Venice. And mom's like, Josiah, you're getting better. I'm like, yeah, what did you think? She's like, I brought you here because you had to see Venice before you died. And she thought I was going to die, right? So this is the family I grew up in, though. Yeah. It's like, oh, you're going to die, Venice. Like, it's like this priorities, you know? Like, yeah, so kind of a crazy crazy thing but mom and dad are like put that on the credit card baby we gotta take Josiah to Venice so I just had this yeah yeah like just this insane family that mom's mom's parents were quite wealthy Mm. so she traveled dad came from this kind of you know poor farmer background Mm. and sort of, but then mom wanted to run away from her wealthy family and was like, I don't need anything, you know? Yeah. And, um, but I think that travel bug never got out of mom. Yeah. So it was like carried on to you. Yeah. I'd say. Yeah. But what would I, sorry, I've digressed, but I, I'd, I don't know. Like I'd probably try to break it down in a really micro way. Like, oh, well, do you, ex- do you enjoy exploring? If they're a person on the Gold Coast, do you ex- enjoy a trip to Byron Bay? Mm. Or, you know, a road trip to Noosa? Or is it literally just video games in your bedroom is all you want to do? Mm. Like, but once you establish if you want to travel, or if you, wow, I did enjoy Byron, you could tell them, well, man, there's a place like Byron Bay in New Zealand, you know? It's mm. like, you know, Cape Reang or, or Cape Kidnappers in Napier or, you know, Nugget Point Lighthouse in the South Island or just, I don't know, trying to, or have you been to Hawaii, man? Like the whole country is like that. Or, yeah. or oh, you like the lighthouse at Byron. Wow, well, man, um, it's a lot like Ireland. You should check out the West Coast, like Galway and the Cliffs of Mower. And, mm. you know, like you could start, you know, I don't know, dreaming of those things, Yeah, I guess. And then once you dream... Um, you can start small though, man. Like take a drive to coughs three hours and explore things. And yeah, okay, it's a tank of fuel, but it's like, 
you can feel like you're, you know, you can camp or sleep in the car or sleep in mm. a swag or, you know, it doesn't have to be these rich, mm. insane holidays, you know, you can see if you like it, right? Like yeah. you might not like travel and you might be a homebody and just, mm. I don't know, but I'd, I'd say you don't know until you try. Um, but yeah, it's hard because if you got anxiety or there's a lot of things that could hold people back. I, mm. But if it's just money, I understand that it depends. If, you, if you're like a single mom with kids, like going to coughs might be impossible, mm. right? But, you know, could you do a staycation and do a road trip to a different beach in New South Wales every day with the kids and have, mm. I don't know, little hacks to try yeah. to make you feel like you can do it without breaking the bank? Mm. Um, I don't know, but... I'd like, I mean, I, I found travel beautiful because you meet the, the people and how they, like, I remember one of the things on that cruise, so vivid in my mind, like, remember this um, grandma in Malta, we stopped in the island of Malta, and she was just hanging her laundry on the line, and she had to kind of pull the line, and like, it was in between this narrow alley. Mm between the neighbor's house. And I don't know if they take a day each, but just like, that's your life. Like cobblestone streets, these, you know, I just was blown away. Like you could see the ocean at the end of the alley. And, Mm. you know, it was just like far out. This person lives here. I didn't know her name or didn't talk to her, but just to see how people do life Mm. in another part of the world is just, you know, insane, like third world as well. Like you do a mission trip to the Philippines and you don't realize, but like, yeah. you know, like we, we, we hated like the first trip I did, you know, we went to this village Taft in Samar and um, just off Leyte. And like this, these guys put together quite a lot of money and bought us all a fish each. Which we were like, oh, it's still got an eyeball. And, you know, like... like I wasn't on that trip. <laughs> we were scared, though. Yeah. And heaps of people were just chucking the whole fish in the bin. Mm. You know what I mean? And then they're like, we didn't know, but, you know, we saw this family eating the whole fish between six of them. Mm. And realizing, whoa, like that... And that was a delicacy for them. Mm. Right? Like it was... Like a big thing. Yeah. And you're going, wow, like stuff we just chuck out, stuff we think is trash, is something that this family actually like. Mm-hmm. And they were horrified we threw it out because they're like, man, we could have taken this around the village and fed people that didn't eat today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you start getting a, that's the advantage of driving, like traveling to poor countries. Yeah. Countries with lower GDP. It's like, wow, you know. Appreciation for what you have back home. Yeah. And then you walk through Rabina Town Center and it's like, this is Disney World. You know, like, yeah. whoa, like, I live in Disney World. I live in Fantasyland. Mm. You know, like, we don't have to do anything, man. You just earn this wage, go to Woolies. The fisherman already caught that thing for you. Like, the farmers already harvested the wheat and, mm. you know, milled it into flour and 
use the right yeast and yeah. the baker made that sourdough for you. You didn't have to do anything. You just paid him five bucks or whatever it is. And you don't have to keep chickens and, you know, like you just buy 12 eggs and you might not even know what a chicken is. Mm. And you're just eating eggs every morning. Oh, these come from chickens? <laughs> like we, li- we live in this crazy world of like, you can be so removed. Like, have you ever seen a chicken slaughtered? Uh, I actually haven't seen it slaughtered, but I have, because I, um, well, actually, no, I kind of have. Yeah. When I had my last trip to Philippines. Yeah. It was actually in my, my family's <laughs> house. Yeah. It was caught that day. They, I slept in that morning, so I missed them defeathering the bird. But yeah. I did see them. It was just a skinless chicken, and I saw obviously the head chopped off, and yeah. um, like the head chopped off in front of me, of course. And so I've seen yeah. half the process, but not the full process. It's a lot of work, man. It's a lot of work, and it's th- these birds fight you. Mm. They don't want to be killed, you know. Mm. And then you just you go to Coles or Woolies or something, buy a chicken breast, and it's oh two bucks today. Oh, <laughs> like it's just like. <laughs> You, you you have no idea the 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 kind of the the economy behind the scenes that yeah that we've I don't know it's kind of it's quite eye opening mm. so there's you you a lot of people refer to me as quite a joyful person and I think it's gratefulness and travel has been a big thing for me for that mm. you know of realizing wow I. You know, like that Nick Vujicic, that guy's like got no arms and legs. And he's like, yeah. none of you woke up this morning and said, thank you, God, I have legs. Mm. But I pray to God for every day for legs, you know? Mm. And you're like, you know, I don't know. Just living grateful. And if you go do a mission trip or, I mean, it's just completely different to leisure. But, mm. man, they're enriching. They change your whole being almost yeah yeah i'd i'd recommend it if or just you know save up say you got a few kids you're a single mom travel when they're 20 Mm. you know you'll you'll fight through their education and or if you're a young person man stressed out you won't be able to get into uni take a couple years off travel europe you know your parents will probably give you thousands of dollars like Mm. you know what i mean yeah and then you can try to get a job or get a job in southern France at a bakery or I don't know and mm. experience it and, and um, come back and apply to uni. You might get in as a mature age student. Like, mm. and, and you just, you got this life experience. You're just such a bigger human. Mm. That's my perspective on travel. I, I, it's scary, but. If you start small, it doesn't have, you don't have to go to the scariest part. You don't have to go to Syria. Yeah. And, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's good. Yeah. I think it's important. I, I don't know. My view, how I, how I would answer that question, <clears throat> excuse me, is how important it is to travel. How right. important it is to, like, experience the world, to get yeah. these life experiences, to make memories. Yeah. Hey, go in there with that water bottle. It's <laughs> good. Um, yeah, I think it's super important to, um, yeah, I think the reason why I asked that question is because I think a lot of what our world, uh, culture is, we think about 
the possessions, like how you talked about how a lot of your friends were cars, cars and stuff. Yeah. It's like possessions mean nothing yeah. compared to like experiences and moments and they yeah. got so much more value than yeah than like a car or than a house or yeah like those are things that you could get in the future but those moments and those that journey yeah doing something different experience is so much more valuable oh man big time hey i mean i i understand a house because a house keeps so much value but a car man a new car mm. It's going to go down 70% in value in five years. It's like most cars, mm. right? Unless you're going an old 911 turbo or something mm. that's holding. It's like, it's probably going to depreciate almost faster than anything, right? I just get, man, my whole life I've spent under $3,000 on vehicles. Wow. And I'm 33. Wow. Yeah. So I, that's me though. Like other people are like, oh man, I got this car, barely runs, but you can have it. And then you just jump on YouTube, fix it up yourself, find ways. And I, you know, you learn how to cars work and it's quite like, it's like a adult puzzle and you can, I kind of, I don't know. I think that's quite like enriching. And then, you know, maybe one day you are a millionaire Mm. and you get, and you go buy a, Bugatti Veyron mm. and you know what I mean and it costs 12 grand for a service I don't know and but you know that's a different season right yeah if you're a millionaire it's a pretty cool experience driving a hundred thousand dollar car mm. you know what I mean but yeah. it's like why are we living like we're millionaires buying these cars bankrupting all every other area of our life that's the only thing it's not like cars aren't bad but it's like you can't afford the car man like, I just hate debt, man. I've never got into debt my whole life. I paid off uni in advance. Like, I got my uni loan. Second uni finished, I paid it off. Like, I just, I don't know why. I just have hated debt. Mm. So when I hear people bought a car on finance, you're like, dude. I just, oh, man, that stuff. Because it, it removes the responsibility from you. You don't realize yeah. Oh, it's 20 grand. No, dude, it's only 200 bucks a week. It's like, no, it's 20 grand. Like, that's why, like, even I don't even buy iPhones. Plus interest. On <laughs> yeah. I don't even buy iPhones on, on finance. I'm like, no, I want to feel the bite of this. Yeah. It's $1,400. I need to feel that. I need to be connected with the pain of that purchase. Mm. You know what I mean? Oh, that's a paycheck or that's. Yeah. Whoa, that's real. Like that's not just hundred bucks a week that you don't know what you're paying. You know, mm. I've never gone into debt on a on a on a trip in my whole life. Mm. I've never ever. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's another whole thing. But no, that's good. I hundred percent respect what you just said about not going into debt. Yeah, I think sometimes that's something I'm learning as a young person. Um, yeah, I do have a. I'll be honest, I do. I'm a, I have a car on finance. Yeah. But my goal is to pay it off by the second year. Come on. And not the fifth year when yeah. it's prolonged to be five years. It's like, no, I'm paying it off. Actually, let's pay it off in a year and a half. That's my goal. That's awesome. Um, and I'm looking like I'm close to that. Come on. And so it's like how important it is just to pay off debts. And mm-hmm. um, hey, I'm right. You might be the same. I'm getting this excitement of this is going to be paid off quicker than I 
anticipated. 100, man. And there's an excitement paying off debts. Like, yeah. There should be an excitement paying off debts. It is, man. Um, and yeah, it is important to not have all these debts. Yeah. Because, um, yeah, I think some people are guilty of not just having one debt. Yeah. But yeah. multiple debts. And ooh, that's, yeah. a, that's a place <laughs> I never want to be and end up. So yeah. I'm glad that you're not like that. <laughs> yeah. The, the, like debt, the Bible doesn't say it's like a sin, mm. but the Bible says you're, you're a fool yeah. and a slave. Mm. Right? Like the, the borrower is slave to the lender and the fool borrows money, right? Mm. So it's like, Bible doesn't say you're going to hell or you're a sinner or anything like that mm. if you get into debt, but it just says you're a fool yeah. and a slave. It's like, you know, it's, it's one thing if it's kind of a major asset, like a house or something that it's almost like, well, how do you do that? Mm. You know, but it's like, in, in the end, if you buy a $400,000 house and pay it off over 30 years and it costs you 800 grand, you worked for Westpac Bank <laughs> and you paid them $400,000 over that 30 year period. Yeah. So however much you worked, you know, if you're on 80 grand a year, you know, that's five years that you actually worked directly for Westpac Bank mm. or more if you work in after tax. Mm. It's like you were a Westpac Bank employee for six years or whatever. And it you is. weren't the one getting paid. You yeah. Were paying <laughs> you were paying them, but you're a slave because yeah. you all your money is going to them. Mm. So you're not actually getting money like for those six years or. I know, you know, but it's like it has, they have it. Debt puts something over you. Yeah. And it, I know it, 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 you feel the bite when you buy that iPhone cash. I felt it when I was like, oh, 1400, dang. But it's good to feel that, man. Like, mm. that's why kids don't understand. If you just buy a kid, you know, oh, can I borrow 20 bucks, mom? Every day, here you go, 20 bucks, go to Macca's. You don't know the bite of what you're doing. Yeah. You know, until you get a job on, 10 bucks an hour. You're like, oh, is this McDonald's feed really worth two hours of cleaning those dishes? Or, whoa. Mm. You know, you start to understand a value structure of what these things cost. Mm. And it's not just, oh, yeah, 20 grand in a car. Dude, like, like, that could be two years of work. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, you know, like, under, at least understand it. You know, and, and obviously you got to learn. That's like things you got to learn in life. But it's yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm preaching now. I, yeah, <laughs> it's good. I'm I'm sure that people listening to this podcast were going to appreciate everything you just said because we don't look at debt like that. Yeah, we don't look at debt as being a slave. Yeah, I think, um, you know, you've obviously referenced referenced the Bible. Um which I think is the ultimate source of wisdom. Mm -hmm. And that's my opinion and thoughts on it. And so, and a worldly view, it's not, it doesn't, they don't have that same view of debt. No. It's like, you know, well, debt means you've become a slave to mm -hmm. whatever you're paying. Towards. Yeah. Yeah. You can't break that. You can't just say, oh, I don't feel like paying this week. That doesn't happen. Yeah. No, you got to owe them. They're going to get that car off you. Yeah. That's it. Re yeah. Repossession. Mm. It's not yours. Yeah. It's, they own you, sort of, in a way. They have yeah. strings, at least. Maybe not full ownership, because yeah. we live in a free country. But, but economically, you're not free 
Mm. You know, if you're man, it's scary that stuff. <laughs> and then you wonder why you can't travel, but it's like, oh, you got a payment plan for this, payment plan for this, payment plan for this, payment plan for this. You're meant to be earning a grand a week, but by the time the payment plans come out, and then after tax, you're only bringing home 350 bucks. Mm. And then you're sitting there staring down the barrel of a grocery bill and you're struggling to make ends meet and you're wondering what's going on. It's because it's, it's already happened because yeah. of the debt. You know, like, but you enjoy your nice car. You enjoy your, you yeah. know, but realize that it, it is costing you. Yeah. That's what people don't realize. Like they wonder, man, like, dude, my 2019, I... I spent $30,000 on travel. Wow. But it's like... Worth it. I mean, yeah. Like, <laughs> in a way, I probably overcooked it a little bit. Yeah. But, <laughs> but it was, you know, the car rental in flipping Faroe Islands was $1,000 for four days. $250 a day. Wow. It's just... But there was one rental company, like, full monopoly. Mm. What am I going to do? Yeah. I'm there for four days, buy a car, and... Take my money. <laughs> but it's worth the experience. Oh, the ex... Dude. Because you, you will always have that experience. Yeah. And because I vlogged it and... Yeah, it's there's on There's video and it's on <laughs> YouTube and it's like a digital video journal forever, yeah. right? It's special, man. Would you say that when your teacher back on your first ever overseas trip gave yeah. you that assignment of, hey, I want you to do a travel journal... Do you reckon that was the seed planted? I think so. For what you're doing now? Yeah. 100%. Yeah. That's what I'm doing still. Yeah. I'm doing these travel journals. Mm. Yeah, that's a, that's pretty profound to think about that. That's hey, cool. I, hey, I believe... Okay, I'm going to share a bit. I believe in this theory. Probably someone else thought of it too, but this is my theory. Right? To my knowledge, this is the only, I'm the only one that's thought about this. Call it the full circle theory. Yeah. yeah there's little glimpses in your childhood that will point to you, point you to what your future will be like. Hmm. Wow. Why my ex example is myself when I, I found an SD card from like when I was ten years old of me filming videos on this my first ever camera. Wow. I didn't start filming videos again until what, twenty nineteen, and so it's like, I believe in this full circle theory. So it's wow. my thing. I'm claiming it. It's my theory. Come on. But that's probably what happened. It's yeah. the seeds planted. For whatever your, what yeah. your future became, yeah. Um, a question I want to ask. Um, obviously, you kind of established it, but if those listening who haven't figured it out yet, they can hear an accent on you. Yeah, yeah. So you're yeah. obviously from Canada. Canada, Canada, and but but you're living in Australia on the Gold Coast. This yeah. is your. You would say this is your home. Yeah. Or your, your citizenship. Yeah, I'm Australian, man. I might not sound it, but I am. Yeah. <laughs> um, tell me, what was the decision behind the move to Australia? It's a big decision. Yeah. Because um, you could have just stayed in Canada and just traveled the world, but now you've decided I'm Australia and traveling the how world. How long do you want this answer to be? Uh, however long it needs to be. Oh, man. <laughs> um. I moved from one side of Canada to the other when I was 11. Hmm. Made, made best friends with um, these two guys that were part of the welcoming team. or Well, they, maybe it's just buddy students or something. Yeah. Kyle and Ryan. And um, 
Kyle had like bone marrow cancer, like leukemia, it's called. At 11? Yeah, wow. we were young. So 11, 12, 13. It was pretty bad. But he, I don't know why, he was obsessed with Australia. He, he loved echidnas and platypus. The only two mammals that give birth via egg. <laughs> there could be one more. But they're, yeah, like these weird beasts <laughs> in the mammal. Yeah. There's a, there's an, a word for them there. Marsupial. Wait, I don't know. I, no, I, it's look, a, I don't even know. It's the hey, you're the teacher. You should know yeah, this. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. Yeah, I can't remember right now. Anyway. Something. And Anyway, he was obsessed with them. Yeah. And, and uh, just wanted to go to Australia. So he was on the Make-A-Wish Foundation. And he was given like, he was, the leukemia was pretty aggressive, pretty advanced. Mm. So he was dying and he was on the, yeah, the Make-A-Wish Foundation. Um, asked him. Listen, what's your dream? What's your wish? You want to meet Michael Jordan? You want to meet, you know, Backstreet Boys? Like, like, you know, what's your... Mm. Brad Pitt, what's your wish? I want to go to Australia. See Platypus and Echidna. And they bought his flight. And then eight days before the flight, Kyle died. Wow. So I was 13. Stood up at his funeral. Promised to live his dream. Yeah, and I, I um, a bunch of other people close to me died. It's crazy, man. My, my um, um, two doors down across the, the street was this um, the Johnny family, Keith Johnny. I'd, he had these two beautiful um, dogs, and we'd, we'd walk the dogs around the block, and I'd quote Jerry Seinfeld, making them laugh. He died of a heart attack on a golf course, like, oh, wow. you know, a month or so after Kyle. And then... Um, we played road hockey in Canada, so we were in this cul-de-sac thing. Mm. So the Johnnies lived on Surrey. We were on South Creek Drive and South Creek Court. And um, three or four houses down the Grimaldi's, we'd play road hockey with them. Their dad, Emilio, died of cancer. That same within a few months of Kyle and Keith. Yeah. And then my great-grandma, she was 97. She lived a good life. But um, Grandma Hunt, she died. And then my um, uncle or great uncle, I guess, or yeah, like my dad's uncle passed as well. And it was all in this like year, man. And it was just like, I just kind of spun out. Like what's, wow, what's the point of living? What's the point of trying? What's the point of loving? Yeah. Everyone's just going to die of so much pain. Perhaps if I stop loving them, then... I won't hurt, you know? Wow. So I just started, I decided to try to not love anymore and try to pull back my heart. And yeah, and I, I just, I just uh, started becoming easily offended and started easily, you know, getting into fights and just defensive and started just taking up those invites, going to parties. You know, I'm trying to be the hard guy, so, oh, there's a bit of drugs over there, a bit of, you know, I'll just stick to the alcohol because my older sister was pretty heavy into the drugs and stuff. And so I just kind of did the the alcohol route and just I wanted everyone to know I was the hardest drinker, so I just took that to the end, to the full extent, like 
by the time I was grade 12, I had vodka in my locker, mm. you know, getting drunk in the mornings, filling up a water bottle, pretending like it's water, and uh, getting drunk every night. And um, yeah, like we'd go to house parties, sneak upstairs, steal a whatever, Game Boy off the kid, or just, yeah, just running amok, man. Like, yeah, doing, just kind of, I was pretty lost, I guess. I was like, well, who cares anyway? Mm. You know, none of this is, none of this has any meaning. It's kind of like this, this word is called nihilism, where nothing yeah. matters. It's became a little bit that, wow. where you just, who cares? Life doesn't matter anyway. I may as well have a bit of fun while I'm here. Mm. You know, eat, drink for tomorrow we die sort of thing, I guess. You're not aware of all this, but you, um, yeah, I started like, yeah, man, I was just lost. Eh? So I barely graduated high school, grade 12. It's hard when you're drunk every day. Mm-hmm. And um, lucky, lucky I had a pretty sharp mind. So I was able to, you know, still pass with 60s and stuff. But I, I wasn't good enough to get into university. Mm-hmm. Which I, and all my friends went off to university. And I was like, I couldn't get into Brock. The saying in Canada is, if, if you can walk and talk and go to Brock in Ontario, Brock. Brock University. Oh. If you can walk and talk, you can go to Brock. <laughs> it's, it's, and uh, anyway, so I just kind of thought, flip, man. Giving up, like just, you know. And then um, parents saw that I was pretty down and out. and I was going to. I wanted to travel. I wanted to move to France, maybe. I don't know. I just was um, going to do something else. And um, Jenica, my twin sister, was like, just say, I want to come to Australia. And I kind of started thinking, Jesus, Australia was my end goal. But far out, man. Australia is my number one in the world. Like I, That was my dream So for Kyle. So moved. Mom and dad paid for our flights to come. Moved to the Gold Coast, started working at Shooter's Nightclub, stealing drinks, money, getting into fights, like helping the, it was like, you know, like the bouncer at the front, mm. and he'd be on the radio, back up, back up to the front door, you know, <laughs> just, yeah, man, um, fell asleep on this bus ride home, woke up at Burley, went for a walk around Burley, and, um, these two older Christian people were praying that morning that Jesus would use them on their run, and they met me when I was drunk. And just, I well, I I went home and got Jenica because I was like, Burley's so beautiful, and so we were together actually. Mm-hmm. But I woke up at Burley going, "This is so beautiful." Went Jenica, and like, I'm so depressed. Like, you know, I moved here to escape this kind of thing, and. Mm-hmm. I'm nocturnal, man. Like, I'm working 9 to 5, 9 p.m. till 5 a.m. at Shooters, not getting to sleep. Just my dream was to surf, you know, make smoothies on the beach, get a beautiful girlfriend, drive a convertible car. I don't know, like, live the beach vibe. And, um, yeah, I just wanted out. I guess um, this family, Glenn and Lee's, were praying. Jesus used us on a run, and 
they bumped into Jenica and I at this fork in the road and I asked him which way we should go and I guess they realized that it was they had prayed I don't know if their church was teaching on evangelism or something I don't know but they prayed that Jesus would use them on their run funny prayer and then so they were open to God creating a moment and I guess and they were convinced that this was God to meet us so they you know let's run around quick and see if we can see him again before they you know run off and then that offer to buy him lunch and introduce us to our son you know maybe he can be a friend and so they they did that bumped into us invited us to lunch and the sons were like the worship leaders in this church and the son jaunty and there's their friend dom sham and all these guys and i am um, so they invited us to church and i'm like ah uh, no nah, i'm not really interested like grew up you know in this catholic school and father ray was pretty monotone and i, I just i just didn't enjoy mm. the expression of church that i saw as a young teenager and the, it was just hard man like father ray would take these big big long pauses you know like 20 seconds and you're like i think we've lost father ray like <laughs> I, I i just wasn't i just didn't want yeah that so i was like well and they're like, oh, you can, man, you can come over for lunch after. I'm like, oh, oh, what what time's church again? What's this free food about? And so I walked into church drunk, March 5th, 2006. I had, f- I had four or five beers right before they picked me up, like going, man. Um, I was so nervous. Mm. And then I passed out on their couch after church. And yeah, um, anyway, I had this sort of, I was just enveloped in this. The people at church were just insane. I'm like, hey, I got to go to the nightclub. They gave me a lift to the nightclub. And they're like, hey, can, you know, um, we'll teach you how to surf. We'll, you know, they brought me a board and brought all this, like, I, I'm like, you guys want a quick beer? They're like, dude, it's 7 a.m. And I'm like, it's a Corona. Like, it's a beach beer. Like, what's the problem? You know, I haven't seen these things drank at night. They're like, dude, do you have any food in your fridge? And I'm like, no, I just got the beer, got a block of cheese, loaf of bread. And so they went out and bought me all these groceries. And, and then this girl came up to Jenica and I the next Sunday going, hey, we, I really feel like Jesus wants me to give you my car. Like, I'm just being obedient. Here's the keys. And I'm like, I don't believe in Jesus, but I accept the vehicle. <laughs> and I just started using these Christians, man. Like, I mm. thought they were kind of idiots, like really weak people just using a crutch. But they're offering me this free stuff, and mm. sweet, I'll hang around, you know. And um, until I kind of realized that I was like, I used to make fun of my Catholic friends who would go to church because I'm stay up and drink, man. No, I gotta go to mass tomorrow. I'm like, oh, you wimp! Like, mm. you don't even believe you believe in evolution. I, yeah, but it makes me feel good, man. Like, you know, grandma's there, and mm. <laughs> and I'm like, you're weak, bro. Like, you don't even believe you're going to church every week. And I realized I had become that man. I didn't believe when I was going to church every week. Mm. So I kind of hit this crossroads where I got to either meet God or I got I, I to stop going. Mm. So I started asking, man, how do you know Jesus? And um, this guy's like, man, it's pretty easy. You just have to want to know him. And I was like, oh, I thought God was going to ruin my life. Like I thought Jesus just meant rules. So I didn't want to know him. Mm. I realized that I didn't want to know him. And I was like, I, real, I saw the pride of my own like 
arrogance, like the own. It wasn't that I didn't believe in God. I didn't want God to be real. Mm. You know, I, I thought God was let me down when I was a young kid. So there was disappointment, which is fine when you're 13. But I'm now 18. And I'm going, geez, I don't know if I've worked all this through. Like my atheism is built on pain. Right? Like it's not like I'm atheistic when it comes to Santa Claus, right? But that's not because I got bad gifts. It's not because Santa disappointed me. Or it's not because of pain. Oh, I've been Christmas sucks, so Santa's not real. It's like no, like there's no emotion linked to my lack of belief in Santa. Mm. But there was all this emotion linked to my lack of how can a loving God allow evil and you know, what about the suffering and Jeez, you're talking pretty passionately about, about someone who is not real. Mm. That doesn't make sense. Yeah. It just doesn't make sense. Why would you talk about anything passionate about Santa, man? That, that'd be, you would almost think I'm, there's something wrong with me. Where was Santa when I asked for, you know, and, and, and I asked for a Game Boy SD and a Game Boy Color came? Where was Santa when, ah, like... Yeah. It's just, that doesn't make sense, man. Mm. Like, it's fine to not believe in Santa, but not because he didn't give you good gifts. Just if, if that makes sense. It makes complete sense to me. Yeah, and so I kind of question my whole atheism. Maybe it's not legit. Maybe I'm agnostic. Maybe I'm, I don't know. Like, maybe I'm actually just a discouraged Christian who is angry at God, so the best thing I can do is you don't exist and yeah it's actually like I don't know it's like this weird immature atheism and I was like is this legit and I just started praying I just started going to the beach Jesus I don't know if I'm legit I don't know if I'm an atheist or what I am these people are saying you're real these people are saying if I cry out to you with everything maybe I could know you God if you're real I want to know you and um I really meant that, man. Like, I was, cr I was screaming at the beach like a madman, mm. like yelling toward the ocean and the stars, and like every night for a month, like a madman, because I needed to know. Mm. And I was about to give up, man, after like, it was close to a month, and I was like, I've given it a try. I've checked it off. I'm going to move on. I thought God wasn't real. And then I just woke up one morning with faith. Like, I, I, I don't know how to explain it. It's like I, I think scientists call it an epiphany, but it's like a, I went to bed and I didn't believe in God. The next morning I believed in God. I believed that God created the universe. I believed Jesus had to be God. I, I just did. I just believed it, but yeah. I couldn't accept that he loved me, you know? And until like he told me he loved me, man. Like I met Amen. Jesus and he told me, you're my son. Like, I love you. And I, Amen. how can I not love my son? I just couldn't understand why he'd love me. I've done, lived my whole life against you. I've done really bad things. And, and he loves me, man. Mm. You know, like I woke up this morning. I've never graduated from that, man. I just, I'm his son. I, I say, hey, dad, I just want to be with you. Like, mm. I'm not going to just, lay out my prayer needs like I want to know you I want to hang I want a quality time you know what I mean I don't want you to go to work and send a paycheck 
I want you to come to my game, mm. to see, to be with me. I want to be with you. That's what I desire. And I, I, yeah, my whole life changed, man. Like when it's intense, like, but I think about like how much your life would change if a demon lived in you. Like if you've watched exorcism or any of these demon movies, scary, man. Like the eyes go black and mm. you have anxiety and fear and you're almost not even in control. Like it's, it's like you're, you're stronger, you're scary stuff, demons, right? Like if you watch those movies, mm. but picture if God's real, he's actually more powerful than a demon mm. and he's good. really good. And if that spirit lives in you, man, you're going to be different. Yeah. Like you can't not be, but it's for good and for love and peace and joy and you know yeah and that like people ask all the time you're the happiest guy ever what do you want like people think i'm on drugs man like i meet people and they think i'm on drugs because like what do you want man like maybe i'm gonna take a half tablet next time i'm like yeah like i have a pretty extreme personality but it's like it's jesus <laughs> yeah and so i'm back home my friends are on the same couch smoking the same weed doing the same stuff and, you know, drinking the same beer, sitting, watching that couch and watching that 70s show. And I was, man, I've moved on. Like, I, I want to follow God. And then I didn't have any friends overnight. Like, I was like, man, if you're not going to drink with us, what's the point of, <laughs> we, we're, we actually feel quite uncomfortable without you drinking. Mm. We don't really want that around kind of vibe they didn't know this but it's yeah. and then so i just overnight had zero friends mm -hmm. and i thought man those people in australia loved me when i was drinking bringing two fours over to their house for a movie night i'm the only one drinking i'm in this christian party and never judge me and and then they love me after i'm a christian these people actually were my friends they loved yeah. me for who i am not for what i was doing mm. so even when i what i was doing changed their love was consistent yeah so it was real so i was like how the heck do i get back there maybe i'll give it a shot university griffith apply for what a business degree because i'm good at selling popcorn and all this so and then griffith accepted me in like 10 minutes i thought they made a mistake man and then i studied business and then i'm like maybe do one year graduate diploma of education and then apply for citizenship or per permanent residency and i got permanent residency after six days after applying man Wow. And, and then I became a citizen and now I'm a high school teacher and kids come up to me going, you know, Mr. Hahn, like, like, can you pray for me? I'm like, what? Like, I'm the worst dude in the school. <laughs> like, but they, they see some sort of spiritual mentor in me and, yeah. hey, Mr. Hahn, can you lead this, you know, help lead this mission trip to the Philippines? I'm like. Man, I'm a bad dude. I'm a bad man. <laughs> like, you know, it's just... And... Yeah, and... So now I'm a full-time high school teacher. I've been seven years at the same school. My first full-time job. Mm. You know, I've... It's, I don't know. It's a weird man who I am. And mm. travel every holiday except the corona, COVID-19. <laughs> you know, it's... Yeah, but 
saving money, doing little trips where I can. Even just road trip, man. Road trip to Cairns was such a vibe. That's cool. Like, you can stay in Queensland. Mm. Girawin's in Queensland. Did some islands, Morton, Fraser, North Strad. The whole Whit Sundays. Yeah, man. Like, we, I don't know. Like, it's, there's, like, incredible things. We're blessed. Mm. But, um. Yeah, man. So I'm I'm an Australian citizen who's a teacher now. When my principal, they, my principal, they wanted to expel me like six times. When my principal, yeah. Mr. Piccioni, found out I was a teacher in Australia, when when my brother told him, he like keeled over in laughter, and he just God has a sense of humor, man. Like yeah. the <laughs> one of the worst students is now a teacher. It's like. It's crazy. And a well loved one at the school too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. So funny, man. Nah, it's cool. <laughs> I love that answer. Yeah. This is the whole the full story. Yeah. Of what really I don't know. I think got you out into uh, it was an easy one. It was but as a story oh. of like this motivation that made you you know, long for something greater. Yeah. That being Jesus. Yeah, man. It's mm. so sick. Yeah. Yeah. Nah, that's cool. Um, we won't have, we won't <laughs> go for much, too much longer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I want to ask two more simple questions. Yeah. So let's. Simple answer. <laughs> one word, or one word for this one. Okay. So out of all you just shared to, today so far, and you've just shared your journey, what has been the biggest lesson? Only one word? One sentence, all right. One, <laughs> one thing that you've learned from all of this. Hmm. Ooh. I've stumped you. Maybe. You're quiet for, for the first time today. Maybe. True Christianity is loving people. Yeah. That's good. And this is the second sentence, but recently I've been struggling to find the difference between the word love and the word listen. Mm. It's it's powerful, man. I don't know. That's... Mm. That's a bit, but that's a no, that's a whole another podcast episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. It's deep. I'll make sure to book you in for another one. Then. Yeah, <laughs> but true Christianity is actually just loving people. Yeah, that's probably the thing that truly separates. It's about the people. Like, even my travel, it's about people. Yeah. Like I asked a buddy, he did all these trips around Europe, and he's like. My favorite's Glasgow. It's like, that's the crime capital of Europe. There's nothing in Glasgow. <laughs> but there was people there. Yeah. He made great friends there. So it's his favorite. It's like, wow. Yeah. We need people, man. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's good. My final question for today. We talked about travel. We talked about what's already happened in your past. 
but what's for your future? Short and simple answer to what's next for Josiah Hine in the next few years? Marriage. <laughs> wait, are you dating? No. So working on it, working on it, working so on it. Girlfriend. Oh yeah, that's marriage. true. That's true. I was gonna say children, but I, I could just do that. Girlfriend, marriage in a bank children. or something. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Okay, yeah, court. Yeah, <laughs> coffee. Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. I guess family, man. Like. That's kind of the dream, I guess. Mm. Which it's kind of relates to what you just said before. It's all about people. Yeah. Yeah. I'm kind of like, I've done all this stuff alone. Yeah. You know, like climb mountains alone in Norway last year, Iceland, my, by myself, bro. Mm. And even though it's cool that nothing holds me back. Oh yeah. Like, I think there's a space for that. Like, yeah. It's empowering to go to a movie alone and go to a cafe alone and mm. journal. But yeah, I reckon it's just if you can find a significant other to love, like the Bible says it's not good for a man to be alone. Mm. You know, there's, there's, there's an element of just when a man finds a wife, he finds a good thing. Mm. So I'm vibing that, man. I'm vibing just kind of. I'm, I'm actually, I'm 33. I'm kind of like craving a little bit of stability, mm. a little bit of just let's get family. Let's get a piece of dirt. Yeah. You know, um, let's just get some order, I guess, mm. in this wild life and get someone that is, is with you forever that you can build memories with forever. Um, I wrote, I wrote a song when I was 18. It's like, it's not about where you go. It's not about what you do. It's about who you do it with. Hey. Hey. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. No, that's yeah. cool. I, I'm glad that you ended with that. It's yeah. kind of... Um, kind of a bit of a spoiler alert for those that frequently listen to the podcast. It's one of the thing that I want to be doing. A lot of what my focus is for 2021 mm. is this whole concept of if we all have dreams, yeah, but it's not good for man to dream alone. Yeah. Wow. And that's one thing that I want to wow. put more emphasis. And I'm still working on how to do well through the podcast and everything. Yeah. But what a way to tie it all together. Come to on. What we're talking let's about. go. So, Thank you so much for coming on as Honor, a guest man. and yeah, honored to have you. If you enjoyed today's episode, please let us know in the YouTube comment section or even giving us a good review on Apple Podcasts, following us, sharing the Spotify, do whatever to engage with us because you're probably like me and you loved listening to Josiah's story today. And hey, I want more people to hear his story. Because the more people that engage with this podcast, the more people we can make their Mondays interesting. Come on. And with stories like, with guests, I should say, with like Josiah and stories that he has, that makes for a pretty good Monday morning. Oh, that makes for a very interesting Monday morning. Yeah, come on. So thank you so much. Thank you. Um, we'll see you next week. 
Come on. Easy. Peace out. Bless. Ha, <laughs> ha,